Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 49 with John Carpenter, one of the best-loved figures in the Cutco Vector Marketing sales organization. John is a leader of the Texoma division headquartered in Dallas. He's a member of the company's Hall of Fame with well over $100 million in Cutco sales. John and his wife, Monica, are both well-known for their spirit of loving life and helping everyone around them to do the same. In this short snippet, John starts by sharing his mindset around helping people and having a positive impact on others. He credits his original manager, the legendary Mark Caruza, with having had a powerful impact on him at a young age, and he shares some transformational moments along the journey of his great career. He also shares a poignant story about his wife, Monica, and the role that she has played in supporting his mission in life. This episode is an inspiring look into the heart of one of Vector's most admired leaders, and it can provide you with a very real opportunity to look within and consider the ways in which you are impacting others through how you live your day-to-day life. If you get value from today's episode, there are ways that you can support the podcast. Play these short Flashback Friday episodes for the people on your team and discuss the key takeaways. When you love a particular episode, share the podcast on social media. And you can also support our podcast sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. All right, get ready for John Carpenter. And remember, you can hear the full conversation at episode number 49. You have an amazing reputation for uplifting other people who are around you. And I'm wondering, you know, what, what do you think creates that? And how can other people capture a little bit of John Carpenter into their own personality? Okay, so full disclosure, Dan, I'll be 100% transparent. I am not an innovator. I am a stealer of other people's stuff. I'll be honest. I don't know if I've ever had a, an actual thought that didn't come from somewhere, you know, because I used, Mark Caruso said, hey, why don't you listen to Zig Ziglar? And Zig Ziglar, to me, I know he's passed away now, but he was just a simple motivational speaker from the Texas area. He ended up living in Dallas by the time that I started with Cutco. And he was just like, be positive. He goes, everybody that you talk to, whether they're the janitor or the CEO, be positive. And I love that fact. And what I found out is that anytime I talk to anybody in Cutco, why not be positive? First of all, why not? picture the best. We have the greatest people. We have the greatest product. We have the greatest opportunity. But Zig Ziglar was the one that got me going as far as people that aren't in Cutco. Mm. Every server, 
every person you come in contact, whether they're a minimum wage person or like you said, I said earlier, the CEO, he goes, how can you make their life better? Back in those days, I just try to go, hey, how are you doing? How's things going today? Ah, you know, it's going to get better. Just simple things that Zig Ziglar would say. I would just, I got excited by that. And sometimes they'd look at you with that, that blank face that said nothing. But for me personally, I was like, I feel better because I talked to this person. You know, I feel better because our conversation was going to be better because, or their day was going to be better because I was there. Definitely. You know, I feel grateful to have been exposed to Zig Ziglar at a very early age. And I certainly inhaled all of his audios way back then and probably all of his books as well. And one of the things I remember him saying is, you know, when people would ask, how you doing? And he'd say, super fantastic. But don't worry, I'll get better. Better, yeah. <laughs> and I just think about how how that sort of an interaction makes somebody feel. You can't help but smile when you interact with someone in that manner. And it just seems like you have a way of interacting with people in that manner that just helps other people. Tell us a little more about uh, Mark Caruza and his role in your life and, and just what you think made him so special as a leader. So it was really interesting because I was 20 and Mark was 22. So there wasn't a whole lot of difference between us as far as age goes. But I felt like he had a wealth of wisdom when it came to being great at making a a great future and making a great life, being a great entrepreneur. Mark was the first guy that actually ever cared. Like he cared about my wife. He cared about my family. And he was a single guy that had nothing to do with a family or a wife. But he's like, you know, John, you should be doing this. These are some tips that you should be doing every day with your wife. And again, I'm sure he read them out of a book, but I could have done the same thing. But he talked to me about what I could do to be a better husband, a man, and a father which I thought was really, really amazing. And I was only 20, so I was on the early track for being a father, for sure. The fact that he cared so much was just truly amazing. I love how you were you referred to Mark as a, someone who you wanted to emulate. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that is one of the things that we all need in our lives is who are those mentors that we want to be like, that we want to sort of live up to in our lives. And, and for me, that's, that's been Bruce Goodman for you know, most of my mm-hmm. career that I've just always wanted to emulate and be like him and, and, uh, and exhibit a lot of the same traits and qualities that I, I've seen in him. For some of us that have been fortunate enough to work in Vector, we've been able to be around people who are like that for us uh, and who help us. And I know that you are that person for so many others now, John. Thank you. I want to take you back to your first summer as a DM because in that summer, I know that you developed some pretty amazing people. And in particular, there was Brad Britton, who yeah. came out of that summer, Catherine Hopkins, yeah. Randy Metter, yeah. right? <laughs> some of the real leaders of, of uh, Vector Sales back in those days grew out of your office that very summer. You know, what, what can you remember about that first summer as a manager? So it, to me, that was funny because my first four weeks, I was just horrible, like just horrible. And Don Murath, as you know, uh, Don Murath and Mark Cruz had grabbed me and goes, basically WTF, you know what I'm saying? And like, they grabbed me in the room. We thought you're going to do so much better. But what I found out though, is I wasn't being John Carpenter. I was being Mark Cruz. 
a mm. six foot five strong guy from Philadelphia that could just, you know, he just, he, he just took over a room. And Dominic goes, why don't you just be John Carpenter? I remember going back and telling Monica, and I was like, I'm not Mark Cruz. She goes, of course not. I go, I'm John Carpenter. She goes, okay. And I was like, I need to be me. I need to have more fun, be more exciting, have a blast. Let's do this. Brad has told me a story of being at the office. I don't know if it was training or if it was a meeting or something like that. And there was some kind of break where everybody wanted to go get some food. And, and you guys were walking across the parking lot and everybody was just following you and wanting to be near you. And he said that, you know, he observed you. I think you might, you might have gone to a McDonald's or something like that. And he observed you interacting with the cashier and how you made that cashier feel in that normal, everyday interaction. Do you have other examples or stories of just how you have learned to interact with people or how you strive to uplift others and, and, uh, and really be, a, be a, a beacon of light for other people? Well, first of all, as you know, and a lot of people that are listening, I just love life. I love life about what we have available. I love life. What's, what's our future look like? I love life and just realizing that we have a great opportunity where we are. But there are simple things like, Using a person's name, you know, I think that's such a powerful thing. Looking people in the eye. I know people make fun of me, but I love over tipping. I love to make people feel good because I've worked with people that are servers that don't make anything. So for me personally, I always just, as goofy as it may sound sometimes, Dan, I try to go, hey, how can I make this person's life a little bit different today? How can I make this a little more fun? How can I make it more fun for me personally, I have downtimes like everybody else, but in general, I feel like I'm very blessed to have a job, to have the opportunity to be positive and exciting and make an impact on people's lives. Let's be honest. Yeah, it seems like that you have a spirit of gratitude for all the things you have in your life and then also a spirit of generosity to want to help others experience a lot of those same successes, those same feelings, those same experiences that you've had uh, in your life. And I think that's a great combination that makes your personality so special and, and, and unique uh, among our circle. I remember at our recent uh, national conference, uh, Jeff Bry said, get two things right in your life. One is your vocation and the second is your spouse. And you've been now in this vocation uh, here at Vector for 32 years, and you've been married for 34. And so it's pretty clear that uh, in your life, you got those two things very, very right. Could you tell us a little bit about the role Monica has played, not just you know in being a great wife for you and mother for your kids, but in helping you uh, as a business person, as a leader, uh, to grow and to advance? So... That's a great one. And, and I love Monica like nobody's business, obviously. But everyone likes Monica better than me. That's very, very important to know. <laughs> Anyone that spends five minutes with Monica is like, oh my God, she's so much better than John is. Okay, They don't say that, by the way, but they think it for sure. Because Monica has that spirit, that excitement, that love for people, love for everything. The best thing Monica has ever said to me one time was she made this thing that says, you're my hero. And I <laughs> probably could have cried. <laughs> probably could have cried on this many times. But 
she allowed me to have the future that as a family we deserved. And she allowed me to be me. And she was very supportive and positive, but she was also very honest, you know, and I really, really appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that Monica cared about our future. And sometimes we'd have a question come up and she goes, well, I knew that you were always the one for me and I knew you were always going to be successful. And we have this funny saying that says, it's me and you and you and me, and that's the way it'll always be. You know, vocation's right, wife's right, you know, knock on wood, whatever I need to do, God has blessed me in that super, super way where I just figured it out. To wrap up here, as we look into the future, how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence? I really feel like this is the greatest opportunity in the world. I really, really do. Obviously, it's affected me dramatically in life, and it's affected my children, both who sold Cutco, both were managers in Cutco, one's in recruiting, uh, one's in uh, one's an ER nurse, totally different situations. And whether I, my belief is whether you're with Cutco for six months or you're thinking about six years, this is the place to be. Let us get under your skin. Let us get into your heart. Let us get into your mind and let us show you 18 different ways to be successful. For me personally, our goal is to help you hit your dreams. You know, I say this, I mean this with, with peace and love. I'm the sure thing. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to do in life, I'm always going to be here, right? I'm here with this job. I'm here with this opportunity. If you want to go do that internship and come back to me, that's okay. Because you know why? Because I'm going to be here for you no matter what. Let me help you, stealing Matthew Kelly, be the best version of yourself. I love so many great people, you know, and so many people are just amazing. And I'm just so proud to be able to have them in my circle or have them in my life. I'm very blessed to be able to help them back when I get the opportunity. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 